Did you get that on your phone? Oh, you wow. Hearing? That's really cool that you could do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, it disappeared. What? Uh, uh, I don't even have to find your chat on your phone, I'm sure. Oh, it's on chat. Okay. It, like, appeared on my screen. Oh, okay. And then oh. it, like, dis- disappeared, and I was like, whoa, hey. Okay. Like, yeah, you got, like, super impressed with chat, and I was like, oh, yeah, super cool. No, it, like, it, like, showed <laughs> up, like, um, it, like, appeared, like, the screen was right. blue, and it was just there, and I like was a, like, oh, like, my God. Oh, I don't know how I took a picture of myself. That was weird. Uh, how do funny. I find champ on my phone is the hardest part. Um, nope, that's my bedroom. Oh, man, I feel like so tech. Oh, here it is. There's a little chat function. Oh, hey, I sent you a picture of my face. That's did. wonderful. <laughs> I know. Great. I wish I could use that as like the. Uh... Welcome back to The Christ and Culture, the show where we discuss culture as a means of evangelization by finding elements of Christ and his church revealed within. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. Well, Gordon, I feel like it's been a little bit since you and I have been on the podcast together. I feel like I've been on with Clint for most of the past two times I've been on. Yeah, no, that's... That is definitely true. Uh, Clint's really helped carry the podcast while I was in Georgia, and you were able to step in. And it's also just been good to have have you back. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so oh. how 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 are you doing? What's um, I feel like I this is also kind of our chance to catch up a little bit. That's true. I am I'm doing all right. I it's been a crazy week, although ultimately uneventful, which is a good thing. And yeah. I don't know. It's I, I shared it with Clint a little bit, and so they've heard, but I know you haven't. Coming back to Georgia has just kind of been a readjustment, because you know, going going home for the reasons I did was mm-hmm. was a lot. But then coming back, you know, I wasn't really home there. I was just in Georgia. So coming back home, it's kind of resettling into the same reality again. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been it's been like a you know a week and a half of that with Lizzie. And then trying to adjust to working again. So it's good. It's bad. It's it's just a process. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm good there. And then as far as other things, I'm really desolate when it comes to my spiritual life right now. To mm-hmm. answer your question honestly. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just know that you know you're in our prayers, and you've been in have been in my prayers for for the past I guess month or so now. I, uh, I'm doing okay. I think since the last time we talked, I got a girlfriend, which was different uh, in terms <laughs> of it just, yeah, it just kind of happened. And obviously, like, I, I just, it's, it's amazing to me because I just feel like so much happened since the last time I really had a chance to talk to you. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. My spiritual life is, is doing well. My girlfriend and I have kind of taken to praying together, which has been really good um, for us individually, but then also for our relationship, I think. And then other than that, you know, I'm back in the office for work. So I've just been kind of in full swing because we're still, you know, things are sort of uncertain with, uh, you know, we have our annual gala at the end of September. And with COVID, it's sort of, 
this hit or miss of, you know, what is the end of September going to look like? Are we going to have an in-person event? Are we going to try to do some sort of virtual event? Because mm. um, there's so many still unknowns with what's going on. And so then, you know, my job is still to try to uh, raise the money, regardless of whether or not we have an in-person event. And so um, that's taken up a lot of my time. And then next month is still going to be, because we're still going to have the, you know, the thing that usually takes up most of the time is the silent auction. Yeah. Um, and we have, and last year we did the silent auction online, just the people who were there in person could sign on to the website and bid online. And so we're still going to have the silent auction online regardless. Uh, so we still have to do all of the background work that right. is needed to stage it and, you know, take the pictures and get the descriptions and sort of like collect the items and, and just sort it into different packages. So that's still going to happen. And so I will still have a lot to do and be very busy next month. Yeah. So that's sort of sort of how I've been. What uh, what media have you been in taking? That's a good question. I have been, well, I've mentioned some podcasts before, but I'll mention it because I don't think I've shared it with you. Uh, there's a podcast I love to listen to called The Dollop. I don't know what kind of humor you're into, but The Dollop is like a, an American history podcast, but it's all the really odd and or uh, bizarre or crazy history that like is almost like useless to really know about. But it's just these two comedians that talk about it kind of a lot of crude language, but mm-hmm. it, it has me in tears. It's so funny and uh, really interesting. So I've been listening, listening to that. And then other than that, I've been playing two video games. Uh, Lizzie just got animal crossing from her brother for the switch uh, so she's been playing a lot of that and i've been playing a lot of that yes yeah no i'm just saying that's like um i have not played that i don't own a switch i haven't played that game but that's like the uh unofficial video game of quarantine it is and i can understand why um but yeah we've, we've been playing a lot of that and then i've been here brother also let me borrow another game called hollow knight which is it's kind of like um, it's an indie game, but it reminds me a lot of Metroid. If you've ever played Metroid, where yeah. you know you have to like unlock certain aspects of the map and unlock like more abilities, and um, it's like a lot of a lot of grinding um, to it. So that's what that's really what I've been doing. Yeah, I think that's it. Wow. What about you? Well, I haven't been taking a ton of media. Um, been spending most of my time. Um, kind of just catching up like now that now that people are feeling a little more comfortable getting out like I've been trying to catch up on all the social uh social aspects since there was no so you know like since quarantine uh, so I've been spending some time with some friends and then um also like with my girlfriend and so we've watched we've started watching community I think I mentioned that on this podcast I'm like introducing her into community nice. and then we watched the movie you know, a couple movies we watched Goodwill Hunting and then we um we just watched Onward. I just watched that for the first time last night as of recording this. And it was a really good movie. I was I like everyone told me it was really good and then I watched it and I was thoroughly impressed. Although I have to say that the end was, was quite kind of a tearjerker, you know. So it is. It is. You expect nothing less from Pixar though. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I was kinda hoping for a happy ending, but um this was that was too much to ask i mean it was a good ending it was not a bad it was not like an unhappy ending it just was it was just you know it was a little sad but 
Yeah, so no, that's pretty much what I've been intaking. Onward is like now my new movie that I'm going to require any person that wants to wants me to like DM for them. They have to watch that movie um, to understand creativity in D and D. I yes, I actually think that there is something to be said there. Um, I was really thoroughly impressed with it, and it was. It was really funny. So my uh, so Maddie doesn't play D and D, but she knows like gelatinous cubes are a real thing because I threw one at my party one time when she was there. Uh, and so when it, like talks about the gelatinous cube, she's like, "Wait, that's a real D and D monster, isn't it?" And I was like, "In fact, it is." <laughs> uh, and she had a so and she actually had a really witty response. So in my campaign, um, I'm running a campaign in the world of Eberron, uh, which you're familiar with. For our listeners that aren't as familiar, it's sort of this kind of alternate history where instead of technology, um, like our tech, like our society running off of technology, it's run off of sort of magic. And so like all of the technology is sort of magic run and it kind of gives this like unique feel where there's not like any, it's not high tech, but the magic is sort of inlaid and everything. So instead of trains, they have like basically something similar to a train, but it's run by magic uh, energies and things like that. And so what uh, one of the, new creatures in that world are called the warforged and they're like constructs like living constructs so like living golems sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but they have sentience and they usually have like one name uh, because they were made for the war and so one of the guy's names is pants and so when we were watching onward uh and the dad showed up and he's just a pair of pants she was like oh is that atticus uh because atticus is the guy who plays this character called pants and i thought that was kind of (laughs) clever because it, the dad just shows up in the movie and he's just a pair of pants just so it was kind of this very clever kind of clever thing because she's never like actually sat down and played but she's uh, there have been a couple times where i've recorded like we've uh, done zoom calls and i was like over her place and then i called in for the session so oh nice um and so it's been kind of cool she's like heard us play although she usually goes and hides in the other room and gets her introvert time uh which is much needed for her so it's good it works out fine that's funny. Other than that, really for today, I wanted to talk about, like, it is, what, August? Are we in August? Yeah. We are in August, yeah. It is August 27th, and as of today and yesterday, uh, Hurricane Laura, like, just came through. Um yeah, and completely, I mean, at least where I'm at, I don't know about down there, but it completely missed us, at least here. Yeah, I think we it missed. Not even a cloud. I think it missed, like, all entirety of, like, Houston and even some of Galveston. I think really anybody in Texas got hit is going to be, like, east and yeah, closer Roma, to the border. Orange. Yeah. 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 It's And it was looking like it was going to smack right into us, and then it kind of shifted last minute, so. Uh, yeah, and... I, you and I were going to like record yesterday, and I had like another thing I've been taking is, is listening to the new album by Taylor Swift because it's pretty decent and Lizzie really likes it, so I wanted to listen to it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do something like that. But then, you know, I, me and Lizzie ended up evacuating and going to her grandparents' house because it's like it's up near Spring, so it's much further northwest to where it was like if it was to hit here, it would have missed that entirely. They don't have yeah. Wi-Fi, and then we did that on Tuesday, and then like watching the news and our phones yesterday, and 
I never got to prep anything. And so we still need to put an episode out. But by the time you and I are sitting down now, I was like, let's just talk about what just happened. And it was funny because you, yeah. you and I were texting. And the third episode, I believe, that you and Clint ever recorded for this podcast was like either in the middle of or after Harvey. I don't know when. Was that after Harvey? It was, yeah, it was after Harvey. I, I want to say we didn't even start the podcast until after Harvey. Um, okay. Unless, yeah. No, that, say, like, that, that would be right. The first episode, or I think the birthday is like in October. Yeah. And it was funny because we had, we had planned to do it. And then there was like a couple things that, that kind of came in and, and prevented us. So we were initially talking about it. And then we had all of our events, um, like our summer events. And so um, we had to like postpone the summer, like because of the summer uh, events and then for Clint. And then we were like, okay, let's get started. We're going to do it. Um, And then Harvey came through. And so it like postponed us a whole nother like month or month or two. And so, yeah, Harvey, like, so I think we mentioned that maybe in like the first episode about how we had intended to do that, do this podcast earlier, but then we got rained out. And then, yeah, our third episode and we decided to talk about. Uh, that episode and so that's like i think our highest listened to podcast so if you haven't listened to it um it has the most views most people seem to like it uh it's called rain is a good thing and so i would encourage y'all to maybe check that one out in yeah. tandem to this one yeah so i i was thinking about that and how you guys covered rain is a good thing and your story through a hurricane and i was actually in georgia during harvey so i didn't experience it and so this has kind of been my first i guess real hurricane experience and it's the total not at all the to- yeah the total opposite happened yeah and, and you know and the other thing too so if you're like me who is someone who really doesn't like worry about those types of things or follow it when it's happening even though like i'm in the area where it could get hit then uh to kind of catch you up with with harvey you know the situation was really just uh last minute um pathway into houston and just an onslaught of like nonstop rain for weeks, like hurricane, like tropical storm, heavy, heavy rain to where it was major, yeah. major flooding. With uh, yeah, Hurricane Laura, this just went through, and there was also Hurricane Marco, but that was just like nothing. Well, that fizzled out into a tropical storm before it, it hit the yeah, coast. Exactly. With Hurricane Laura, there was never really a concern of flooding and rain, but it was going to be the massive winds uh, that was going to do, like, physical damage and probably do, like, week-long power outages. And just, and not only that, but apparently this is, like, the first time there's ever been two hurricanes, like, in those positions at this time, like, ever. Um, And then I think it was calculated last night that uh, this was one of the strongest hurricanes at landfall that have hit since like the 1900s yeah yeah so houston has been kind of i was talking so one of one of the guys who works with me uh studied meteorology and so he's been kind of talking about it and i want to say this is only like the third double hurricane uh in recorded history but like yeah it was like one of the first that had like this kind of positioning and the other crazy thing uh was yeah so like this is if we as houston were very fortunate to not be hit because you know laura was calling for like 15 to 20 foot storm surges um 
And so, you know, one of the things, and obviously we want to pray for those in Lake Charles right now, but Lake Charles is, I think, like 35 miles off the coast, whereas League City, which is where uh, you and Clement reside, is only 25 miles off the coast. So League City would have been, I mean, completely wiped out by a 15 to 20 foot storm surge. It probably would have crippled the Houston port. And um, yeah, people were, were, and that's like not just flooding, that's like storm surge. So that's like the ocean coming up and then the flooding. And then really, yeah, the winds were the one because they were saying it was going to be kind of like Ike. And Ike was so devastating. People were out of power for a month too, you know? So um, yeah, it was, it was going to, it was definitely a, kind of a scary experience um, to think that that was going to hit us. Um, and definitely my prayers are going out to all those in Louisiana and eastern Texas um, who are facing this. But yeah, Houston had never, like really since it's been a big city, hasn't really ever faced a Category 4 hurricane before. Uh, we've had a couple had Category 3, but to have one as big as, as Laura, you know, is sort of, um, we haven't had since, yeah, like the 1900s. So it was... Um, the closest we could compare it to wind-wise was Ike, uh, but it probably would have been even a little bit worse than Ike in terms of the storm surge and, and some of the yep. flooding. So yeah, it, yeah. So to uh, really start us off strong, Steve, I'm going to hit you with a tough question. Um, All right, I'm going to try uh, to give you a good answer. In you know this year, 2020 has just been crazy. We've mm-hmm. had fires, we've had, you know, different celebrity deaths, even though it's almost happens every year. We've had tornadoes in certain areas. We've had, you know, the potential crisis of World War Three. We had the, you know, we've had Corona and the pandemic. Uh, personal, everyone has personal things or like job loss or other things. Like uh, the I, I've had death, personal family death. Uh, and then now a double hurricane the third apparently only the third double hurricane and it's like i was just talking to lizzie on the way home from her grandparents and i said do you know what what i think is going to be the downfall of 2020 Hmm. is that everyone thinks everyone's like anticipating like the end of 2020 like okay 2020 once we hit 2021 we'll be good but like i was telling her i was like i i honestly think a lot of like an equal amount of bad stuff happens every year. Like 2019 had the same amount of stuff, 2018, but because we're in a pandemic, we're just blindsided and we're on tunnel vision on like just the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you have a bad day, you wake up and the first thing that happens for your day is bad. Any small thing, no matter what it is, that's, that's bad just adds to that day. And that's how it is in 2020. And I'm afraid that, we come to 2021 and it we're not like people aren't going to be like, Oh, thank gosh we're here, but something bad's going to happen in 2021. And we're like, Oh, we're still not out of it. Um, and so, you know, I, I wonder with, with everyone looking at the bad stuff, there's a lot of people that are wondering whether they're religious or not. Why do bad things happen? Or especially something like this. Why did God, why would God allow something, something like that? Yeah, I I think that that's a really good question, um, and I think you're right because I remember in I remember in January there were memes where you know something would happen in well something happened in January even before the pandemic and everything and people were like, you know, 20, 2019 was the worst year ever, or 2018 was the worst year ever until 2019, and then uh, 
you know, January of 2020 happened and people were posting memes about how like 2020 is going to be a good year. And it was like two weeks in and people were like, here's the 2021. And like, they just sort of <laughs> seemingly gave up on 2021 weekend. Right. Um, but I agree. I think that the pandemic has certainly um, kind of exacerbated it. And I think that it's been, it's definitely been the, uh, an interesting year um, for, for that. And, um, and yeah, I think that um, in a lot of ways, like that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. I actually was just having that kind of question a couple weeks ago of, you know, why does God sort of allow bad things? Um, and, you know, without getting too into uh, super deep theology, um, there's something called God's permissive will versus his active will. Uh, and so St. Thomas Aquinas talks about this, and he, he has a line, uh, that which will be contin- that which God wills to be contingent will necessarily be contingent. Um, and contingency is sort of this sort of randomness, right? And so God doesn't will bad things to happen. Um, his active will is actually for good things to happen. Like he actively wills for good things to happen. Um, but he permits a certain level of sort of um, randomness in in the sort of things that, that there is the possibility for good or, or there is a possibility for evil because that's the only way that good is truly good. So one of the greatest gifts that we have is our ability to freely choose, right? Our free will. Now, God's whole purpose for us is to create us in love and out of love so that we can freely choose to love him back. But for us to be able to love him, we have to have the choice whether or not we do or do not. Um, You can't coerce love. Love cannot be coerced. Love is something that is freely given. Uh, And so for us to truly be able to love God, uh, we have to be given the choice to do the opposite, to not love God. Uh, And if we choose to not love God, then we have an absence of good or evil. It's sort of like uh, there is no such thing as darkness. It's just the absence of uh, excited electrons in wavelengths that make light, right? It's just the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of light in the same way that evil is the absence of good or the absence of God. Um, And so for us to be able to freely choose um, goodness, uh, there has to be the possibility for evil. And then with sort of the craziness of um, perhaps disease or um, or sort of natural disasters, um, one, it's an effect of original sin. Um, we know that through Revelation. But sort of what does that mean? Um, and I've always kind of, the way I've thought, and this is my Steve Sherman, the speculative theologian, uh, that in order for free will to truly exist, it's, it's the idea of, you know, God could have the sunrise every morning with the face of Christ. Uh, he could do that. Like, that could be the reality. Um, but in doing so, it would make it, like, the evidence would be so strong for the existence of God that you couldn't actually choose to reject him, right? It would be insanity if there was the face of Christ every morning saying, hey, guys, here I am, like, this is the truth. Uh, and so God always gives us enough evidence that if we seek him, we find him. But if we don't want to seek him, we, will, we, won't, we won't have to be burdened by it. So we do have the actual ability to choose. It's not just this illusion. And the reason I bring that up 
is that I think when Thomas Aquinas talks about contingency, sort of this randomness that's built into the universe, the permissive will of God that he allows for these things to happen, it's so that we actually have an ability to choose, that there's a certain level of free will and randomness written into the fabric of creation and the universe so that we can respond to it. Uh, and also it allows us to fully recognize that even in the bad times, God's at work. And, um, you know, to give a good example of something I've been, I read and kind of had just been reflecting on recently is the story of David and Bathsheba. And so David sends Bathsheba's husband to die so that he can commit adultery with her, commits adultery, kills the husband to cover it up, um, and then later repents. And I think it's, it's so telling of how God uses bad situations that as soon as he repents and everything's done, it says he goes and he goes to his wife Bathsheba, and then he has Solomon, like King Solomon, the one who builds the temple with this woman who came out of sin. And I'm not saying that we should go commit adultery, but I'm saying that like God even used that situation to bring about Jesus because Solomon is in the genealogy of Jesus. Like that is the line of Davidic kings that leads to Christ. Uh, and so I, I think a lot of times we can focus so much on like all of these bad things happening that we neglect to see where God is at work, that why is God at work? Like, how is he in this moment? How is he using this pandemic to glorify the kingdom? How is he using these disasters to like show his hand because oftentimes God is completely at work in these things. Um, and we focus on the bad, we focus on the evil and we neglect to see that like God is using sometimes these really difficult moments to show his greatness that, um, in the pandemic, uh, you know, there, uh, I mean, I can't speak to everything, but I'm sure there are plenty of places at which God was at work. I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, we were focusing on sort of like uh, mental health. We were people were starting to reach out to their friends. People were concerned about making sure that everyone felt sort of loved, and there was this this big push toward um, caring for the disenfranchised uh, or like the people who were struggling. That kind of got to come out of the fact that we had that experience, or. Um, you know, we're going to see after this hurricane hits, we're going to see people at work to help rebuild these cities. And we're going to see the charity of God. We're going to see uh, Christ at work again. Uh, and so I guess that's sort of my my take on it. Um, one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot, my, my boss mentions that a lot is you know, we're, we're definitely facing a time of darkness, but we're not alone. You know, this is just our time um, throughout history people come across incredible uh, amounts of darkness. They, they come against the forces of evil. They come against Satan. Um, and God always raises the people to fight that battle. Uh, and this is just our time. Like we've had generations and generations of saints before us. Uh, and now is our time to be the saint. Now our it's our time to step into the light um, and work for the kingdom. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that we have to do is even amidst this darkness, like we just have to take the next right step and we have to be a sign of hope um, mm -hmm. that our job as Christians is to be a sign of hope in the darkness. Uh, 
you know, if you think about the early church where people were getting killed, you know, martyrdom, um, that we have to be so hopeful even in the face of martyrdom. Um, and so when we face these really difficult times, it's easy to, I think, um, lose hope, but to remember that, like, God is in control and that, like, we are, this is just where we are right now and God has placed us here for a reason and we are to remain hopeful. We are to be a sign of hope. Um, and, you know, our lives are not merely about ourselves. You know, in a lot of ways, as believers, we are also representing Christ on earth. And so we have to bring his hope into these situations. And so that's sort of my uh, soapbox ramp rant or sort of my take on it but i'm interested to hear what you have to say uh i don't think i can beat that Um, (laughs) no my favorite thing you said actually um and just and i'll just kind of summarize the whole all of that but my favorite thing and probably the best takeaway would be that you know god could you know um bring the sunrise every day with the face of christ and ultimately he does like every day he he rises the sun with the face of christ however because of original sin because of um this broken world that we live in and the darkness that uh, permeates within it um you know and the free will that we're allowed things happen and so it is our job as we wake up each day to seek that sunrise, even on a rainy day. You know, the rain is a good thing. Or even even amidst like these, the, you know, if, if you're in Lake Charles, even amidst all what, whatever situation which, uh, you know, like, like Steve said, we are praying for and we are broken over, you know, it's our job to wake up and seek that. And I think that goes into what I'm saying about where, where people are at with 2020 of like they're on tunnel vision stuck on the bad and we can do that in our own spiritual lives that we can be like why doesn't god just make beautiful wonderful perfect sunny days every day and it's like he does in a spiritual sense but we have we have we have the choice to choose to see that and seek it or we don't um and that's something that's a gift he's given us so i think that's that was a great way to really answer it yeah i mean yeah i just um I think there's, there's there's something yeah I think there's something to that uh, and I guess you know I just don't want people to end up falling to despair because it's going to inevitably happen that 2021 is going to roll around the corner and evil's still going to exist yeah. like yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah bad things are still going to happen right um, they're still going to be suffering because. Christ didn't come, you know, that's the one thing that marks Christianity very differently than any other religion, is that most other religions are about somehow avoiding suffering, Um, whereas Christianity is unique in the fact that God became man and enters into suffering and does not promise the removal of it. In fact, Christ promises quite the opposite. He promises that we're going to have to carry our cross, uh, but he redeems suffering. Right. And that suffering's not going to go away, but it's been redeemed. It's no longer meaningless suffering. And so I don't want people to despair when 2021 rolls around and there's still suffering and there's still evil and there's still pain. Um, but to actually look for how do we unite this to Christ? Like, how do I in this moment unite this suffering to Christ and redeem it and actually allow God to use it to 
further his providence and to, to continue to build the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, to kind of narrow in this discussion with the, with Hurricane Laura, something, this is really what I was thinking on last night that I was like, you know what, I'll just talk about this was when it came down to this week, Lizzie was like following it very closely. She was the, she was kind of extremely anxious on Monday and Tuesday. And I was like, it's no big deal. Like, it's gonna be fine. And she's like, well, should we go to my sister's? And I was like, no, because like they're in a house. We are on a second story in an apartment. Like, <laughs> if any, if if anything, yeah. we're safer. Like all those things. And um, and it wasn't you know it wasn't until I started doing some of the research and realizing it was like the wind and it wasn't really like a flooding situation and and the power sur- the storm surges and uh, and and it was within the article that said if you're going to evacuate it was on this was on tuesday it's like you need mm-hmm. to do it you need to do it by noon the net tomorrow like noon wednesday because if if it does hit houston the way it's it's sh- currently showing um you don't want to be driving during the storm surge like during a during a flooding or during like a kind of a a raining situation you know you want to try to evacuate but during a storm surge you want to barricade yourselves in to avoid the insane winds um and it was in that moment that i was like okay this is a different situation i thought about it i was like are we prepared for a power outage i mean like we could probably survive if it was like a few a few days but if it's more than that and we can't go anywhere then not really uh let's just you know i we i can't make a last minute decision i don't want to do anything before it's too late so it was either leave or it was either stay and something happened and we're not in a good position or stay and nothing happens or go no matter what if something or something doesn't happen and it was just this idea of like having to decide what to do and how to prepare for a situation before anything actually happens. Um, And during the beginning of COVID, I really got hooked on disaster prepping where I listened to this guy who preps for like ultimately kind of like the end of the world. Um, He, cause he was talking about like, you know, usually when something major happens that puts us back, it's one of many elements it's it's like this one was power outages so you know without power you know we can do so much but if we lose two things like if you were stuck and you we lost power and we lost access to water at the same time that's a different story Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like in that situation are we prepared most people are not and it's i just got really hooked on this thing and i i don't really know how to you know maybe you can help me with this i don't know how to correlate that to our faith life but like like i said i had to choose to do something before i knew whether the hurricane was going to hit or not and we chose to leave and ultimately nothing happened i didn't have to but yeah i feel comfortable making that decision rather than risking it by not going anywhere yeah i think that um perhaps what we're kind of getting at there is the idea of preparedness Um, you know christ obviously talks about being prepared like if you know that he's going to come like a thief in the night uh, that we don't know when he's going to return um and so maybe there's not like a perfect parallel about um if we lose one thing we're going to be okay but if we lose two we're completely lost um no yeah yeah, yeah. There, but there is a sense in being totally prepared because 
the difference, the key difference there is obviously like if we've reconciled most parts of our life to Christ and he comes, uh, that's like, but we've still haven't reconciled everything, then we're unprepared, right? That it's not like we can reconcile everything, but, uh, you know, some sin that we're hiding or, or something like that. Uh, we, we have to reconcile all of ourselves to Christ. And so that's sort of the idea of being prepared. Um, and I think that there is something about sort of in the same way, you know, like, yeah, okay, we can be fine if, you know, we're um, in this life, right? If one part of our life, just our physical life continues, but once this sort of spiritual element rolls in, if like we were to die tomorrow or Christ was to come again in the second coming, like, are we prepared? Are we as prepared to survive the final judgment? Um, I guess is maybe the, maybe the parallel there is just making sure that we take stock of ourselves spiritually and make sure that we have everything lined up in our spiritual life for the second coming of Christ. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're uh, still in ordinary time, but we're really only a few short months away from Advent, which is sort of this looking forward to the coming of Christ. So That's true. Yeah, I that, that was one thing that came to mind for me was being like, oh, Oh, being aware as well as being prepared. Um, but mm-hmm. I think personally, another thing I kind of just experienced was like uh, the question of like, what is true discernment? Because, you know, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. when I was telling Lizzie, like, we're going to be fine. Like, don't worry about it. Let's just stay here. It's safer. I was really responding out of pride. Like, I yeah. was just kind of like saying, think, you know, talking as if like I knew everything and but I hadn't really like looked into hurricane lore or any of the mm-hmm. stats. And as soon as I did is when I really started to question the thoughts of my heart and, and, and logically yeah. look at it and discern. And that's when I was like, like I was the one that ultimately looked at and I was like, Hey, I think we should, I think we should leave. Um, and yeah, I think we can yeah, get caught I, up in our own pride when it comes to discerning things too. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, and I think that, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's the case. Um, and then also I want to say that, um, there's a sense too of, yeah, having sort of the, the, to combat that, having the humility to accept new things as they come, Mm -hmm. um, to not be so stuck in our ways that we're like, well, this is, this is what I think, and this is how it is. Um, but to actually like allow new information (laughs) to change our hearts to, um, and, not to get too much into it, but I think that in a lot of ways that that is good for our spiritual lives, but also um, our lives in general, <laughs> especially <laughs> as we head into an election season, um, yeah. to be willing to sort of listen and talk and um, allow our hearts to be um, malleable in certain instances uh, in terms of like actually allowing, like not just hardening our hearts and not listening to God, but making sure that we're discerning um, because there's a really interesting thing in faith where we allow our hearts to be malleable so that we can um, sort of grow in our spiritual lives. Uh, but then there's like this sort of, as Christ did on his way to Calvary, there's this hardening of our hearts of being like, well, I know that this is what I need to do and like stealing ourselves to be able to like endure the battle. Uh, and so I think like the only way you can determine when 
that happens is if you're listening to God, if you're actually walking with him, that you know his voice, that you're actively discerning um, so that you know, okay, who is God and how do I need to grow spiritually and who do I need to be? But also like when God calls us to sort of good fight, <laughs> we're prepared to endure spiritually. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Okay, and then la- I have one last final theme, and we kind of wrap this up, um, and that's kind of what I told you what I want to talk about initially. And once again, this is another kind of like the one we just talked about. We really don't really know how to tie it in, but when we were going to yeah. bed last night, Lizzie was really just, um, I forgot what it's called, but I think it's called like Space Center or Space. There was these two guys that kind of were monitoring uh, the hurricane situation for Houston, and she just kept kind of reading their stats because they were very like unbiased very like you know factual uh, uh is it space city is that what it's space called? city yeah 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 that's kind yeah. of what um that's what the um that's actually what our meteorologist guy went by too so it seems okay. to be like the houston weather yeah. thing. right so she was following them and once we were going to bed and it kind of like we knew for sure it did like missed us uh they said like you know you know it's re- we're really happy that you know it wasn't a bad situation for houston and we're like we're out of the clear but i can't help but know that i'm gonna go to sleep tonight with survivor's guilt for those Mm. um, in louisiana and when she read that i was like that's really like interesting like should they Mm. feel like should we feel guilty and it's like yeah in a way you want to rejoice but how can you rejoice it's not like we didn't get hit because Hurricane Laura dissipated completely. That's a different type of rejoicing than it yeah. missed us and other people are suffering because of it. And I, I mean, I'm sure there's situations like that when we can rejoice in our own spiritual lives, but mm-hmm. while we're rejoicing, others others are still suffering and broken. And I don't know. I, I think that there is something to that. I mean, I think that there is, um, I mean, on one hand, um, like, I am thankful that it didn't hit us. And uh, in a lot of ways, like, it's, you know, like, if uh, if it would have hit us and it would have sort of, you know, crippled the port, I mean, it has far-reaching effects for a lot of the country. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you obviously don't want to forsake um, sort of being like, yeah, well, I'm glad it, I'm, you know, better happened to them than us, right? Uh, and I think that's sort of the wrong idea. And I think that the natural empathetic position is to be like, man, like I feel bad for them. Uh, and I think that perhaps there's not a survivor's guilt uh, in our spiritual lives in terms of, um, in, in terms of like, well, you know, like I'm saved, but whatever. But I think there is something to be. Um, like, I think that's kind of what drives evangelization, right? Like, if we ourselves know Christ, if we ourselves mm. know the yeah. path to salvation, then that should, like, if we have if we have a well-formed heart, it should drive us to want to bring others into that, right? To, to share the gospel message, to bring salvation to other people. Um, and I also think that it's sort of what what sort of helps drive, like, I think that 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 sense, that sort of, I feel like, I'm glad this, like, it's not me, but like, I feel bad for those that are affected, um, is the sort of empathetic heart 
that God has put into us because sort of part of our mission on earth is to actually serve each other, to be Christ for one another um, in a physical and spiritual sense. And that's sort of not to get too much into the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, but that's sort of what we're called to as Christians, as Catholics, um, and maybe not survivor's guilt, but sort of the empathy to be like, there are people suffering, but yeah, just because it missed us, like, doesn't mean there aren't people suffering. And so I think the sort of maybe natural reaction is when Harvey hit us, people from Louisiana came, you know, the Cajun Navy came to help us here in Houston. And I think maybe we as good moral agents here in Houston need to look at what's happening in Lake Charles in Eastern Texas and like Southeastern Louisiana and say, okay, like when Laura's through, how can we help them the way they helped us? Like, how can we be Christ for them when they were Christ for us? Not saying just because they were Christ for us, but that there's this sense where we're helping each other um, and we're helping each other get to heaven. And so not even in that physical sense, but in all of our lives, there's a sense where, you know, maybe you're nowhere near Louisiana or Houston, um, but in our life, like how can we look to our neighbor and help them along the path to heaven, whether that be spiritually uh, and how can we help those in need physically. um, And yeah, so I think that's sort of maybe my take on that. No, I think that's a fantastic connection, especially because it goes into the idea of uh, what we're talking about, the works of mercy, like, you know, um, the whole body can't function if, you know, the hand isn't functioning. Um, yeah. Or even just the brain or the heart. And so, like, we have to... And, and I, I remember now, after Harvey, when I came back for a door and was kind of helping with that, you know, we had we had people from all over, from, like, uh, freaking... Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? I can't think. Now, Washington State. And then we had someone from Canada come down for, like, a week yeah. to help. So, and, and there's also ways to do it without being there, but yeah, that's a fantastic way to summarize, like, especially with the idea of like, if you know Christ, then rather than like, not because, because it really isn't survivor's guilt, but rather than hold on to this, like, oh, at least, at least I know him. I'm so sorry for those that don't, but like Mm -hmm. be compelled to share, share that with those, um, Mm -hmm. goes back to being the hope right now, especially in these dark times. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well do you, do you, what? Oh, I was going to ask if you had if you had any challenges for our listeners. I do. I do have challenges. I for one of my challenges, I have two. Um, for my challenges, it's just goes off of that first talk topic we had about 2020, and it's for the rest of 2020, and especially going into 2021. My challenge is literally to see the light in each day. Um, to kind of notice more of the good than the bad, especially when you see the memes or you see a new article, like look at this another thing that happened in 2020, make sure to make sure to acknowledge, you know, at least one good thing that happened that day, find, find Christ's face. And more importantly with that challenge, when you're around anyone that starts to complain like about another crazy thing in 2020, I would challenge you to guide that conversation into something good to guide that conversation into uh, more of a, yeah, that's true, but guess what happened today for me? Or But remember when this happened between, with us and just like, mm. you know, guide the focus around for everyone, uh, for everyone around you. 
Um, yeah, and, yeah. And then, really, the only other challenge I had, which shouldn't really be a challenge, but just to pray for those affected by Hurricane Laura. I mean, when this comes out, uh, which is Saturday, it'll be kind of after all of that, but people are still going to be affected. People are still going to be dealing with like the cleanup and the things to come. And in such a trying time, because we are in pandemic, you have to imagine people that would have lost valuables or homes are also people that could be without jobs right now because of COVID or without certain amounts of insurance or pay just because we're, you know, eight, nine months into a pandemic. And because of that, financial issues are scarce and different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So even if it was not a lot of damage, it's like still major damage in a lot of way for so many people. So I would just challenge you to pray for them. And even adding on to what Steve said in the end, Think about how you can help your neighbor um, to kind of just spread the hope and the light in in the world right now. And I think um, the thing I just want to leave you with is something that uh, I saw on Facebook yesterday. uh, And on Tuesday, I had dinner with a friend um, and we were kind of talking about how this is our time, you know, that that every generation has sort of had their share of darkness. And so how do we how do we become the sign of hope? Right. Um, and so then I saw this and it kind of reinforced it for me, but, uh, it's, I don't know who originally posted this or anything, but my friend sort of reposted it on Facebook. Um, and so it says, sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk of COVID, protests, looting, brutality, I lose my way. I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87 year old man who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially hard for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes a new friend. Um, and I saw that and I, you know, I was kind of struck with this sense of, like, obviously we want to make sure we know what's going on in the world. We don't want to be blindsided by a hurricane coming at us. Uh, but I think it's important to to not allow ourselves to be so bogged down with that, that we have to start looking at the way God is working and the blessings that we do have day to day, even if they seem small. But to maybe like focus on the good things because um, it's so wonderful that we have such access to information and access to news and media outlets that are keeping us up to date with current events. Uh, but also that you know the bad news sells better than the good news, and that yeah. um, we have to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to also see the good things and not be so inundated with with sort of all the negativity that bombards us. And so I guess um, in order to be a sign of hope, we have to start looking for the hope around us uh, and start recognizing the way in which God is working and building hope in our lives. And so that's sort of the last thing I want to leave with. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, Well, then to close that out, do you have any shout outs? 
gonna shout out Maddie um, because uh, you know I talked about her today. Yeah. Uh, and I want to shout out um, my sort of I guess I guess uh, my friends uh, that I went to visit the Scott family. Uh, they're the ones I was kind of talking about being a sign of hope with. Uh, and I also want to just shout out all those people who are affected by Hurricane Laura um, and all of the you know first responders that are going to be there to sort of assist in the recovery um, and the sort of rescuing of people who may have been left behind um, and just praying for their safety through all of it. Awesome. Uh, I don't really have any shout outs. I'll shout out uh, Lizzie because we've been bunkered down for the last two days. Um, I'm also <laughs> shout out uh, her family, mostly her grandparents, because uh, it one it one gave us a place to stay uh, in case anything did happen. But also we will be moving there as well in two months. So uh, that'll be a fun experience. Yeah, that'll be yeah. Well, hey, you'll be uh, you'll be a little bit closer to me ish. Yeah, I know. I know we're we're a little bit closer to everybody ish, but like by ten minutes. So. Uh, otherwise, thank you guys once again for checking out this podcast. If you are a first time listener and you want to find more, uh, you can check us out at our website, thechristinculture.com. Uh, from there, you can find us and our social media links. Where we have a Facebook, Facebook forward slash the Christing Culture. Twitter, which the handle is at on the adventure too. Um, if you have any feedback or suggestions on topics that you'd like us to cover, or even just things you want us to discuss and talk about, you can either email us through the website or find us and talk to us through social media. And lastly, wherever you do find us and listen to us, just really quickly after listening to this episode, we would just ask that you rate us and give us a little five-star rating um, that will just help the algorithms grow and help other people find us. And it might be your way to help your neighbor and spread light during this time by spreading our ridiculous podcast. Anything awesome. else? Awesome. Well, I think that's it. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, feel free, like I said, like Gordon said, uh, to uh, reach out to us and, um, feel free to yeah just give us your feedback and and you know we'd love to we always love to be able to talk to y'all so all right thank you guys so much we'll see you next week all right god bless <laughs>